Welcome back to the Dog Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. It's local insight that you can't get anywhere else, but right here on Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Brent Rollins, and Clint Shamblin. Now, Locked On Sports Atlanta is still part of the Locked On Podcast Network that you check out because we are your team every day. So, it is time, guys, to get the dog party started with you going to learn today. So let's tell everybody what you guys learned about Georgia's, Georgia's offense in the win against UAB. Brent, what you learn? Uh, that play action works no matter what yes. your running game is doing. Like it, it started early and often. The first three plays of the game were there, and you saw explosive plays come from it. Uh, when the game, I think, Beck was 12 of 19 for like 230 and two touchdowns uh, off play action. So it's it's something that, you know, when we talked about, hey, what do you want to see last week? I said, all right, it's early down play action early in the game. And we saw it and they were very successful with it. Indeed. Indeed. Jarvis, how about you? Would you I learn have to, watching that? Tim? To, to kind of add to it, I, I thought it was kind of cool for them to start the game, how they started in the second half of the game against um, South Carolina. They got the ball to Dominic Lovett. They got the ball to Rob Thomas. And then magically they said, you know what? Let's get the ball to 19. Let's get the ball to Brock Bowers. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's get him in the screen game. And I think it was just a, a beautiful thing to see. And one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that, you know, the, the Bulldogs are third in the SEC in passing right now, and they're throwing the ball 51% of the time on first down. That is crazy. Compared to last year, they were, what, 43% on um, throwing the ball on first down. So I think that's kind of something that I think we need to pay attention to because this is could get very interesting because we know Mike Bobo liked to sling the ball around the yard because he's a quarterback. So quarterbacks like to throw the football. So I think this is going to be something to pay attention to. But, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool to kind of see them, hey, let's get the ball in our playmaker's hands on a perimeter, on the edge, and, and see what it, see how it goes to get this game rolling. And, Clint, there's nothing like driving from the Birmingham area because I was calling a game last weekend and hearing the UAB version of the broadcast. And, every and you know how your signal goes in and out? Every yes. time my signal came back in, I heard Brock Bauer's name. So I definitely know what you guys are talking about. Yes. But so that's what I learned, that if you were driving from Birmingham and you were listening to a broadcast that is not UGA, you could still hear Brock Bauer's name every other sentence. But, Clint, what did you learn about Georgia last weekend? Uh, I learned three things. Let's start with the most positive. Brock Bowers is the best offensive player in all of college football. Don't come at me. You can keep everybody else <laughs> you want. I, I don't I don't care. You keep every quarterback you want. I, I will take Brock Bowers. You could line up and point to him and say, I'm going to throw a little Y-waggle out to the right flat, and you won't be able to stop him, and you won't be able to tackle him. He is insane. I've never seen a guy like him play this level this soon. Now, the others have ascended to greater in their whole career, but so far, he ama he's amassing record-setting stuff. So I like Brock Bowers is the best offensive weapon. Second thing I learned, all the haters of Mike Bobo, you just said it, stop. Just sincerely get, get out of my DMs, get out of my Twitter feed, get off subtext. I'm done with the haters of Mike Bobo because the dude is slinging it and he is efficient. And if Arian Smith doesn't drop a ball and if even, like you said, Dom Lovett doesn't drop a couple passes, those numbers are even better. And I know it's UAB. Everybody's saying, oh, it's UAB, it's UAB. I don't care because I saw an identity. The third thing I learned is Dijon Edwards is that dude he is the best running back on georgia kendall milton i think is going to be suffering from an injury all season long i don't anticipate him playing at a high level i would rather shelve him actually for like six weeks if i'm going to be totally honest with everybody and just say hey come back and do a couple a uh, couple draws or a couple toss sweeps that sort of thing but uh, 
Edwards is him. He is incredible. I love watching him. He sets everything up. And I think with this offensive line having to rotate through with injuries, he's the best running back because even when there's not a hole, he's going to make a hole for himself and do it. It's going to be fantastic. Those are the three things I learned at UAB. We got we got the offensive identity starting now this week. Yeah, and that's a great point you made, Clint, because similar to how Georgia was kind of they kind of played footsies when it came to A.D. Mitchell. Will we see him? Won't we see him? That might be the same situation that would work well for them with Kendall Milton. Do a willy won't we with us, but hold him for as long as you can, and that way you have him down the stretch when you need him the most. Now, Jarvis, defense has been interesting, too, and I know we're going to deep dive into the defensive side of the ball a little bit later, but what did you learn, if anything, from what you saw on defense in that game against the Blazers last weekend? First off, first off, I was kind of shocked that Michael Williams didn't play. Um, they say he was dealing with the illness, so that was kind of the because that's that's my favorite pass rusher, edge rusher. Um, excuse me on the, on that side of the football. And to add to, to that, like I really like what I'm seeing from Warren Brinson. Like the dude is just so you about to get me in a lather man. right now. Keep going. <laughs> that, that Warren Brinson dude, like you know, you know. Clint, I played I played defensive line, so I didn't come off the ball like that. <laughs> like that dude has some he's has something special. That get off is something special. And mm-hmm. I think that just to see those guys kind of, you know, Brinson try to start to get lathered up a little bit. I, I'm really like what I'm seeing from him. I think he's gonna be that interior defensive lineman that we're used to seeing dominate, right? Oh, that's the next guy that's gonna be going to the NFL. So I, I think that for to see him kind of come out like he did and and just just get off the, the doggone football, man, when the ball is snapped. I think that was a, a, a cool sight to see. And then, of course, Michael Williams, they say he's going to be more than likely he's going to play this week. Um, mm-hmm. He should be back this week. So I, I think that's going to be um, a thing to look for. But, but yeah, I was like, all right, man, where my guy at? So yeah, that was the one thing that just stood out to me on, de- on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, that's actually good to hear because I was thinking about this just last night, Brent, when I was watching uh, the Eagles game. And I was the person whose soul was smiling every time Jalen Carter touched the ball. So it sounds like there could be that similar excitement in the likes of Warren Brinson as well as Michael Williams. But for you, Brent, what was it that you saw that you said, hey, okay, learned a little something different. I see a little shift in what this defense is bringing from last weekend. I think it's just more learning about the personnel itself. Like uh, Jarvis mentioned, Brinson is, I think he's becoming a guy. He started as the first start in his career. Yeah. Uh, so so Which is he's crazy. earning more and more time. <laughs> Others, because you think about Curry and his scheme, like it's been the same. Like their scheme is their scheme. Like we, in yes. terms of the look of it, we know what it's going to look like. It's just, okay, who are the players that are going to thrive in those roles? And also mm-hmm. learning a little bit about who can't thrive in certain roles. Like for mm-hmm. me, the can't part. Tremel Walthour, don't play the edge. Like you're an interior guy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's where Michael Williams' absence shows up big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, when you look at, I think more of the positive spin of that is CJ Allen, the freshman linebacker, true freshman linebacker. Like he's going to keep earning more and more time and keep in that rotation. I think that you're just learning more so about the players. Now you're actually, you know, as you get into the you know, big picture of your SEC schedule, you're going to start to learn about, hey, can we do it against true legit competition because obviously uh, you saw it against South Carolina a little bit, uh, but I, I still think South Carolina was limited because they didn't have receivers. They didn't, you know, the offensive line is not very good. Like you're going to see a little bit more of it as we move forward. Maybe not necessarily this week with Auburn's offense and how they struggle, but you're just learning more and more about players each and every week. 
Yeah, and I think that's a good point that you make, Brent, because Clint, everybody's, you know, been kind of making it up to be this big deal. Like, okay, Georgia's going on the road. It's their first SEC game on the road this season, and Auburn's going to bring something. Really? Did you see Auburn last weekend? So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think it's more like what Brent said. It may just show us a little bit more of who actually plays into and plays effectively within the system versus maybe Auburn being that test. But that said, what do you think as far as what you learned in, you know, kind of building off of each week and what we saw in week four from the dogs? Yeah. The first thing you guys already said, I, I know who the dudes on this defense are. We have the three best safeties in all of college football. Javon Bullard, who was out, Tyke Smith, and Malachi Starks is my dude on this defense. Malachi Starks yeah. is, to me, everything. It starts and ends with him. Now, we are missing Bullard, who was coming up in that star and safety position and coming down on the line, making tackles in the alley, as well as setting the defense. You heard it after the game. JDJ said, Dumas Johnson said, hey, we miss Bullard's voice out there, and, and it was noticeable. Um, and so those three, I know they are dudes. I know Tyke Smith is playing himself into NFL money and good on him sticking out the injuries and getting healthy because that dude can ball. Malachi Starks is going to be first round talent already. If, if he entered right now, he can't, which thank you so much. Come on back. Uh, fantastic. And those three guys are the best. Uh, the second thing I learned is if you get in third and long against the dogs, you're done. Because that third down package they come in, uh, uh, they get new guys coming in. Inside backers are now playing edge. Edge guys go down inside. Mekka Williams is coming from a three-tech position, and you're toast. Like, you don't have the speed to, to match him as a guard out there. Uh, Michael was dealing with flu. He should be back this week. Uh, we're going to get back a couple other guys. But you already mentioned it, and I was going to say this. I, look, I love all dogs. They're all good. So I'll try to say this in a very, very kind way. Um. JDJ needs to go ahead and slide on over and, and let CJ play more. It's evident. The, the grades say it. My eye, my eye test says it. CJ Allen is faster, more recognition right now. And it, there's rumors JDJ might be dealing with an injury. I don't know. I don't think so. But, man, I do know CJ is him on the inside linebacker. And I want that speed. I want that dude out there. Give me, give me Sori. Give me him. Give me Smile Mondin, and I'll be fine. That's what I learned from this last week. JDJ is, is, is a step behind every single play so far, and I, I don't want to see that when we get into SEC competition. Yeah, and I got to tell you, Clint, that was the other piece. Every time like the broadcast would fade out, and then it would come back in, and the broadcast would typically fade out like on second and whatever or third and whatever, and all of a sudden when the broadcast – and this would be UAB, by the way – and when the broadcast came back, and Georgia now in the red zone the heck happened so yeah that third down yeah that's the piece that was like mind-blowing to me as far as you know just not being funny but real talk that's when every time that broadcast came back it was in and out it was you know three and out let's just yes um yeah like cloud of dust is usually what we talk about on offense but i kind of felt like cloud of dust was what we saw last weekend for the dogs on defense that said we are going to get more down and dirty and get between the hedges in a minute but if you are hungry right now but you don't want to miss brent clint r jarvis you know what you should do? You should listen to Jarvis tell you how you can actually do both. Listen up, people. Jarvis Davis here for DoorDash. How about this? You trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivered that actually delivers. Yes, groceries. You can get the groceries to the house, man. What about that? With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. So you're trying to wonder to yourself, okay, so what's the deal, Jarvis? What's the hook? How can you get me in? Well, here's how I'm going to get you in. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. 
Limited offer term supply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal. You know how they can get you with that. And zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked on NFL. I'm telling y'all, if you're sitting at the game on 3.30, Jordan Harris Stadium, I know you're going to be locked in. You don't want to go make that trip to the store? Call DoorDash. And don't forget, that's code Locked on NFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Well, guys, we know that there are some pretty high expectations, whether you are in Sanford or whether you're in Jordan Hare for the dog's defense, as far as when Kirby Smart is at the helm, or as long as he's at the helm, I should say. So in a post-game press conference right after that UAB game, he said, quote, I think we've got a good defense. I don't know if it's great. So for you guys, what will it take for Georgia's defense to move from good to great? Health is first and foremost. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you're two of your best four players on defense didn't play a week ago. Yeah. And really, when you look at Michael Williams, he hasn't really had to play a ton of snaps this year thus far. I'd like to see him get Trayvon Walker time-esque numbers of snaps uh, and see what he could actually do when you let him play consistently. And I think you're going to see more and more of that as we move forward. But I think health is one. And honestly, it's – I don't know that you're going to get great from this defense, like shut down great. And you're not going to truly know, I think until SEC championship, potentially playoff, whatever down the road, because the best quarterback you may see on your schedule, you've already played now road environments there, but like good to great. I I don't know that we're going to see it because I don't know that you see, you're not seeing Jalen Carter. You're not seeing Jordan Davis. You're not seeing Nolan Smith. Like those guys don't necessarily exist on this defense, or if they do, they're young and not necessarily getting the reps yet. So it might be just really good. And by the way, really good is still going to be just fine. I think for their schedule moving forward. And I think to add to that, what Brent was saying, like you say, like we don't, like you said, we don't, we don't see, six doggone potential first round draft picks on this defense right you know so like they don't have the the five-star guys that have kind of come to fruition and you know all together right when they're saying in that like that same class like they have they might have those guys but i feel like we're not going to see that until next year because of just 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 how the numbers game work with them having so many talented guys on the roster it's just kind of hard to highlight those guys you know on a, on a weekly basis so i think that it's going to be really hard for them to get to, you know, get to that great status because the standard is so high, right? Like Kirby Smart is obviously his home defensive coordinator, you know, Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann, they're, they're obviously co-defensive coordinators. So those guys are defensive minded guys. So it's going to, that standard is going to be much, much higher than you have on, on, a, on a, any other uh, SEC roster. I feel like in, in this conference. So, and then you talk about the competition, like when you really going to know, like you said, SEC championship playoff, like because I think right now it's just kind of like, I feel like this defense is going to cater to their competition, like and that's not necessarily a good thing when you once you get later on in, in the in the season. But I think that's what we're seeing now, like like Jamon Dum- Dumas Johnson, like he hasn't played like like what what I what I saw him in the time that he got last year. He hasn't played like that guy. I don't see that guy on the field this year. And he even said it as such himself. He's like. I don't feel like I'm playing up to my standard. And I think that that's going to take 
hey, stepping into that leadership role, being a little bit more vocal, mm. getting a guy like Javon Bullard back, and that's when you, I feel like you'll start to at least make steps towards being great. But I, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm with Brent. I don't feel like you're going to necessarily get there this year because just, just from a, a reps and number standpoint, it's just I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm, I doubled down, and I'm going to triple down now. I've said this in years prior. Statistically, the last two years, Georgia defense were amazing, amazing things. I think this year, as I said unreal. before the season, they were <laughs> unreal. They were historic yeah. numbers, and they played uh, two years ago. It was a hockey line rotation. Last year, it was kind of the simple guys. You knew who was going out there. This year is more hockey line. If you watch what Kirby's done, he's played 18-year-old kids a ton this year. Aguero's back there just out of high school, safety position, forced into action because we were down a couple safety injuries you talked about injuries i think this defense can be great and i'm going to do the dudes and then i'm going to do the coach speak uh the dudes are again michael williams is going to be the best pass rusher in the sec by the end of this year he's going to get those reps it's going to come because games are going to be a little tighter than the uab game and come the second half kirby's not going to do the hockey line change getting reps for guys because he's not suffering from hey i gotta play i gotta play now or i'm gonna go elsewhere he's like great i'll play you i'll give up 21 points to uab if it means that you play and you're here and you develop so that's what he's doing there second thing I think the rotation at offensive line is going to get settled out, but defensive linebacker as well will get sorted out. I think I saw uh, Chaz Chambliss. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Last game was his best game he's had all year. He set that edge. He's not a great pass rusher, but, man, he set that edge. That third down, Kamari Lassiter is that dude, I think, as we see more games that are going to be competitive. He's going to show out his pass cover skills, his tackling ability on the run, and the screens are his, his next level. I, I love him. DeAndre Baker-esque with that. So I think we I can really ascend well. to the best defense in SEC. I really, really do. I, I think we can we can get there. Now, the problem is, can the guys get healthy? Can they come back? And, and the last thing, the coach speak. Kirby did come out and say, hey, we're good. We're not great. Go back every single year. Go back every single year. Week four. This is the Kirby script. I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. He does this every single year. And his way to motivate his players, his way to back them, he says, he's not going to say, well, they're trash. It's like, no, no, they're good. We can do better. It's coach, it's Kirbanese, as we call it on our podcast. We speak <laughs> Kirbanese really well. We've seen this every single year. Yeah. They they can be great. And he knows that. And he is, he's, he's leading them that way. So I think by the end of the year, we could be the best defense in the SEC. Best nationally, I don't know. Penn State has something to say about that. That's a that's a ludicrous defense. But I think we could be top five, top three easily. And I think your red zone is a part of that in Georgia improving overall, right? Because when you look at before the UAB game, 13 for 16 in the red zone with nine touchdowns, opponents four for four. But then you look at uh, the UB, UAB game, excuse me, six for six touchdowns in the red zone. UAB, of course, went three for four. But the most important thing is you're seeing more of what you want to see as far as Georgia scoring. So with that in mind, do you guys feel like you're going to continue to see that efficiency and effectiveness in the red zone based on how you're seeing them stack things week by week? Yeah, I think from a communication standpoint, that's what matters when you get down in the red zone because windows get tighter. You know, mm -hmm. uh, coverages get tighter. You know, the, the spacing starts to matter a little bit more because of, you know, whether you're on offense or defense. And I think that right now, as long as they are continuing to communicate with each other and you start to get some of those guys back that we talked about as far as being leaders on this squad, I, I think it's going to it can't do nothing but get better because of the, the level of talent that they've had out. And once you start implementing those guys back into the lineup, I, I feel like this is going to it's going to do nothing but, um, but grow. One big thing there is, I think, Lawson Lucky, when he comes back and starts getting as part of the rotation, 
that's going to even more so add to some of the red zone game because now you can get – I think he's going to play the snaps and be the sort of true blocking tight end that you saw in the past from Darnell Washington. He gets snaps. Now you add some running game effectiveness to the fact that you already also have 19, i.e. Brock Bowers on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I don't worry about them sort of in the red zone whatsoever as, as they move forward, mainly because you, you've seen the propensity even the last two weeks. Bowers had nine targets the last two weeks each game. That's the most That's the most he's had ever other than one game, the SEC championship game in 21 when he had uh, 15 targets. Outside of that, these last two games, most time you're seeing him get the ball, the more he gets the ball, the better your offense is. That's exactly right. Yeah, this offense, I – I think, and, and, and this is going to be ludicrous because people are going to look at the pedestrian first half starts, first quarter starts, and they're going to think I'm crazy. Uh, we got a guy, Dog Stats, over on Twitter, does some amazing metric stuff, and he does expected play, uh, expected yards per play, and explosiveness and efficiency, boils it down, gives us some metrics to go on. Uh, Georgia's offense is the seventh best offense by expected yards per play and explosiveness. Now, other teams ahead of them, Oregon, Washington, USC, Oklahoma, Miami, Kansas, Louisville, which is kind of crazy to me. Uh, as well but then there's georgia right after that and mike bobo is cooking something up we are hitting our shots again arian smith catches that ball rara catches a couple passes and it's different it just is a different statistical game and the explosiveness only goes up i think offensively we have our identity don't don't give me uh, cash jones is good for a couple things a little wheel route i love i love cash on the wheel route but don't ask him to go in between the tackles like like edwards um, but man, I, I really think this offense is finding its groove and Carson Beck is coming into his own, that intermediate pass game, those digs and those 15 yards, all that he is zipping it down there. And we saw him get some touch on the sideline passes, deep ball. And all of a sudden you accentuate that game with number 19 with Brock and with cash in the wheel and all of us. Oh man. Rosemary Jack Saint, by the way, but welcome to the show, young man, like way to ball out and way to get there. He is now a, a weapon uh, and a dude I want to see take maybe if if Arian can't be the speedster breakaway on that play action that you mentioned earlier um a name to watch out cj smith uh young kid but ooh can fly down the field and i would like to see him there so clint you actually just segued into something we talked about last week but we want to pull you in first and then i'll get my guys with their word from last week as well so clint last week we played the game you said it identity so we talked about what that one word would be now i'll stretch it for you because jarvis stretched it to a phrase but (laughs) one word identity for you this week now that you've seen the dogs in action for four weeks uh, I think this is the uh, adolescent is going to be the word. Now, adolescent <laughs> means this. We're transitioning. It's it's the DNA is there, right? When you're an adolescent, like the, yeah. your DNA is there. You feed it. It's going to grow to what your potential is going to be. You you malnourish it. It's going to be a little different. But the DNA is there for the dog's defense and for the dog's offense. And we just went through our adolescent phase. We just went through some growing pains, some cramps in the middle of the night that wakes you up as a 13-year-old. And you're like, what's going on? We're, we're really suffering. And all of a sudden, you you ball out and you're like, oh, this is our potential. This is our this is our floor and where the ceiling can go. So I'm gonna use the word adolescent and not in a negative way, not not immature, but growing right. through. These are just young kids. And look at you guys mentioned earlier, you're placing so many folk, offensive line injury, defensive injury. And we're still uh, there's two teams that scare me in all of college football. It's Oregon and Washington scare me because those dudes know how to play ball on offense and they got legit defense. USC don't because they just went down to the desert and got absolutely handled by a team that shouldn't that whatever. Caleb Williams, sure, good on you, but no one else. Now, if we're saying the dogs are growing, are ascending, and we're still third best team, I still think we're the best team, but top three and we're only growing right now. Ooh, so I'll use adolescent as a way to say, no, 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 there's so much more meat on the bone to, uh, to expand. 
And Brent, your word last week was unknown. What you got this week for the identity? Stays the same. Same. <laughs> you've played four home games. You you were down at half of one, and you took care of business there. Great sort of mental and also uh, execution based comeback. Uh, it's just hey, now can you go on the road? Can you handle adversity on the road? And also, you haven't seen the quarterback really truly have adversity yet. How does he handle adversity? Like there's still to me a lot of unknown with this team. That's a good point. How does he handle the hostile environment? That's where you start to see whether you stay in that adolescent space or whether, you know, that's where you start to show us if you're, you're ready and if you're mature. Now, Jarvis, you gave us figure it out last week. The identity going into this week's game against Auburn. Uh, sustainability. Can you sustain what we saw last week? I, I, I like what I saw. You got the ball in your playmaker's hand. Like, make it simple. Like, my uh, my def- my former defense coordinator, I used to write up on the board when we opened up training camp. He write on the board, K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> like, it's it's not it's not it's not football. It's not hard. Like, like okay, how are we gonna do? Um, be better on offense. How are we gonna get out to a better start? Put the ball in our playmaker's hands, and I want to continue continue to see Mike Bobo do those things. So, and we they can sustain what we saw last week. I think they'll be all right. they'll be they'll be totally fine. And my word last week was incomplete. So now I want to say that they are evolving. I think that's that's fair. It. Very fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> so, fair. Yeah, that's my word. So uh, you know, here at the dog party, we are always evolving as well, kind of expanding and exposing our reach. And one of the things we like to do, Clint called it out. So I'm going to call it back, and Jarvis is going to tell you about it. And that is using subtext to connect. Absolutely, folks. How about you join the cool kids? You know, you've been kind of wandering around trying to figure out, like, where I'm going to get some information about the Falcons. Where I'm going to get some insider stuff about the Georgia Bulldogs. Like, all you got to do is hit that link. It's right there in the description on YouTube and in the podcast um, description as well, wherever you download your podcast. So make sure you join the Locked On Sports Atlanta uh, subtext by pounding that link in the description on YouTube and wherever you download your podcast. Now, guys, we know who's next up for Georgia, right? We know they're headed to Auburn. They're going to take on the Tigers in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And we figure they're probably going to come out with a dub. But if they're going to come out with a dub, based on what you guys have seen in those first four weeks, kind of who's your next up guy who you want to see step up for the dogs so that they can get this first SEC win on the road this season? I think it's Beck. Like, mm. as, much as, as much as an sort of easy – answer that is and i'll say it for two for one specific reason mm-hmm. he to me is functioning very efficiently and just within the frame of the offense yeah now it's time to play make like mm-hmm. take yes, some sir. take like you're on the road go be a playmaker with both your feet like to me i i, I really think a lot of it's hey i'm throwing to the open guy scheme yeah. there he's been very accurate all that great now go play and make when something's not sort of when pockets collapsing a little bit. All right. Use your legs a little bit. Find somebody in the field. Make mm-hmm. it maybe make it. You know, the throws are going to be a little more contested now. Make the contested throws mm-hmm. like the one you saw to Cash Jones for the touchdown uh, a couple weeks back. So like that to me is next step for him. Go be a playmaker, not just functioning within the offense very well that he is right now. 
That's exactly right. Over on Locked On Bulldogs, we talked about the preseason. Carson Beck was going to lose the job if he threw interceptions. Kirby Smart does not mess around with turnovers. He will he will just absolutely end your career if you turn the ball over. Ask Juan Mathis. Ask a whole bunch of other quarterbacks. If you do that, if you put the ball in, in danger, you're done. Carson Beck took that a little too literally. And so I'm going to be crazy with this. I, I want him to be a little disrespectful with the ball this game. I do. I want him throwing up there to his playmakers. I want guys, mm-hmm. Brock Bowers, just throw it in his direction. He's going to come down with it. And if he doesn't and somebody picks it, you know what? Good on them. Like, our defense is going to be fine, especially against Auburn uh, offense. I think I do want Carson back. That is going to be the thing that's going to be very telling to me, uh, especially against that very, very good secondary. They're incredible secondary. I want to see how we match up. Because if we're able to throw on them, now my confidence is sky high for the rest of the year. But I will say this. Vegas is putting in a 14, 14 and a half point spread. And it's Jordan Hare. I'll say, t- I hate Jordan Hare with a dying passion. I hate that stadium. <laughs> there is juju there. And so 14 and a half points is that's too, that's, that's low. Something is up. Somebody knows something. I don't right now. I'm trying to find out because that is way too low. And it is Jordan Hare. So I, my confidence is not very high, but that's because I'm, I'm emotionally hedging my bet. Okay. So admittedly, <laughs> it's emotional hedging. Um, but yeah, I want to see Carson Beck just be a little disrespectful with the ball this game. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to go back to number 13, Michael Williams, because here's the thing. Like, we understand the talent level that you have, sir. So, yeah, I'm actually like, like he's listening. Yeah, of course he's listening to the dog. He's here know, with us. I just saw him in the chat. No, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah, he's, he's making comments as we speak right now on, on, on YouTube. On subtext. <laughs> subtext. <laughs> on subtext. <laughs> he's subscribing to the subtext. He's trying to get that insider information. So, but I think that, you know, we understand the, the level of talent. I think everybody can agree that we look at Michael Williams as the best pass rusher, the guy that you can count on. I want him to show that on a consistent basis. Like, that's what I used to say all the time about Nolan Smith. We understand the freakish athlete that you are, but I want to see it every third down and long, third and medium. I want you to get off. I want you to see it consistently. So I think that if Michael Williams, you know, um, comes back, you know, after dealing with, you know, the illness or flu, like um, Clint mentioned earlier, I really feel like this is going to be something that I can come in out part of because you're on the road. It's three mm. thirty. Jordan mm. Hare Stadium is so many elements going on. Same Auburn got rotating quarterbacks, and yeah. they don't know who Peyton Thorne, and you know they just don't know who's going to be the quarterback. And Hugh Freeze out here just just said, "Yeah, we're going to rotate and all that stuff." So yeah, they got two quarterbacks. So that means you're going to prepare for two different types of guys. So I think this is a coming. This is a potential coming out party. For Michael Williams this week. So I'm actually going to wrap mine up into all three of what you guys said as far as my next up. It's definitely going to be Carson Beck, but I want it to be a coming out party because I want to see exactly what you guys said. Like, okay, you played within the system, like Brent said, but you know, like Clint said, come ball out. You got the players to be able to do it. So I don't want to see one touchdown or two touchdowns or three touchdowns. He's been building on top Mm -hmm. of himself, which is great, but come at me. Bring me like four or five, and then we can have some conversation. Blow whatever Vegas is talking about out of the water. That's what I want the dog party to be about next week. And if you guys want to check us out and you want to get some reaction to see if what we put out here is what they're going to put out there in Jordan here on Saturday, come back next week. But also, don't forget that just like we're your home for Georgia Bulldogs football talk, this station, Locked On Sports Network, is also the network for you for the Braves party every single Wednesday. So don't forget, join us tomorrow. We're going to talk all things Braves for my guy, Clint, Brent, and JD. I'm Tanitra. We'll see you on the dog party next week.